0: all right everybody welcome to the second episode of the lost packet sorry episode three episode three of the lost packet (laughs) today we've got a great great topic we're going to be talking about how to build the right system for you as a beginner i know whenever i first started um i always thought and ben can attest to this i always thought that okay if you want to build a system you just Find a motherboard that you like, you find a really nice-looking case that you really like, and buy the cheapest of every part you could buy and build it. But as I've gotten more in tune with technology, that is not the way it works. And so today, me, Ben, and Brian are going to be discussing how to find the right parts, the right system, why you need to look for certain things, some things that you need to do, some gotchas. And we'll probably even talk about some of our first builds. How you I think. Oh. I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Go yeah. Really go way back. Two eighty six processor. Um, yeah. So yeah. That is a ways back. It's 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 been a while. Yeah. And we're. All, I think uh,
1: Ben's about to build his next system. I'm yep. building mine. June so July timeframe. Yeah. We've built, oh, now we
0: build a few systems here.
1: I know so. from last time Ben was going to go with an AMD Are are you doing that as well?
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Ryzen, but I'm not mm-hmm. going with the high end one that Ben's going with. I'm uh, going with yeah. the. Second to probably three. go 12 core 24 yeah. thread, yeah. I don't need a do little
2: conservative, conservative,
1: conservative yeah. yeah. That seems pretty conservative. I know yeah. Ben was going with that 48 core one, so totally
0: he's going a little more liberal.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be liberal with cores, <laughs>
1: right? Well, that sounds really cool. Um, I <coughs> mm, that seems very tempting as well, but um, maybe
0: so that's that brings up a good point so Mm -hmm. i guess what we can kind of get into is how do you decide the process because that's really probably the most important part of your machine sure so why don't you guys kind of talk about uh how how do you go through that process of picking the right processor you've got amd but then they've got several different flavors you've got intel they've got several different flavors you know how, how what's that process look like all
2: right i'll kick us off with that as the godfather of hardware i take this responsibility very seriously very seriously now with every build you gotta think of you gotta think about your financial principles in it a little car lesson and financial principles but you gotta plan your budget you gotta say what do i want to get out of this do i want to get have really really good gaming pc do i want to have good storage behind it do i want to be able to host like all of the family videos and stuff or do i want to do theater stuff? Do I want to keep all of our movies available locally so we can watch them and have a good time with it? So you got to kind of build to what you're needing. So if you're looking at a gaming PC, yeah, your biggest budget items are going to be your processor and your video card. Those are your two big hot ticket items. RAM, it's, I don't know, it's kind of important. Like you can get all tied up in the memory and timings and everything, but it's very nominal once you get into RAM. Your main goal is just making sure you have adequate size of RAM to support the games that you're gonna be throwing at it. So, uh, do we want to talk about gaming builds first, or? Uh
1: yeah, yeah. sure. That sounds like All uh, right. sounds like a let's plan hit to it be. up. Yeah.
2: All okay. right. So with both camps, you always have a decision between a Intel processor or AMD processor. I'm sure when Apple gets their system on a chip processor, you might be mm-hmm. talking about that. <laughs> Arm processor. This could be awesome. Five
0: hundred dollar processor, starting out
2: with <laughs> <in> the base <laughs> model.
1: Yeah. 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 Yep. All right, but but it only works with their memory, and
0: you have to have an iCloud account to unlock it. Right. That's true. You yes, also you got to pay for core unlocker service. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cloud service, <laughs> a
2: subscription model. CPU as a service. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, on both camps, you have Intel. You have AMD. So, in the Intel range, you have Core i5, Core i7, Core i3, Core i9. Core i9 is now their new flagship. And with Intel, I mean, you're definitely paying for the processor. They are usually a lot more expensive than AMD. AMD is a lot more cost competitive. But with the Intel chips, I'll be honest, they do have a lot more uh, performance per compute cycle. So, they call it IPC. And so, I mean, Given a spectrum, like you'll have probably about maybe a ten percent, ten to fifteen percent spread of performance difference between processors, depending on what you're looking at. So, if you're in the in, Intel camp, yes, you can get an Intel chip that'll serve your needs. Usually for gaming, I just stick with like a Core i5 series, something mid-range, not too extreme or crazy, because games they still haven't really gotten up to there to where they're using all those extra cores yet.
1: I was glad you brought that point up, because uh, I think some people were like, "Ah, that's why." Uh, I think you went with the i5 as well, right? Yes, now, right? I went with the i5. Yeah, and so I know when I was looking at the one that I currently have, I was mainly just going to play games on it. So uh, it seems tempting to go with the i7, but why?
2: But why? <laughs> yes, I mean.
1: Just to say you did, yeah. pretty much. There's pretty not much, much you're difference. never going to use it. And if you're playing a lot of the times, if you're yeah. playing games, so
2: right. So for us, I mean, we're going to try and steer you towards the best bang for your buck. Core i7, definitely not it for gaming. Core i5, you can get probably your best average performance and get good benefit out of it. Yep. Now, with the flip side, with AMD Camp, the Ryzen processors. You probably don't want to go with the top of the line 2700X or anything extreme like that. You probably still want to stay in the middle of the road. And I wouldn't worry about your core count too much. Like, they have a good, decent processor, the Ryzen 2600, which I believe is a 6-core processor, 12-thread. I mean, that's plenty for gaming. Like, if you're just doing 1080p gaming, that's going to be your bread and butter right there.
1: Not to mention you can overclock. You guys are only doing 1080p gaming? You're doing oh. 4K? Uh, I thought we were doing 8K. No.
2: Not yet. Not okay. yet. Man,
0: that's, that's, uh,
1: that's top of the line gaming <laughs> right there. That's competition. <laughs> yeah, Brian. Where's your budget coming from? But, uh, Are I, you a lead 2? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
2: Yeah, but okay. So. My best recommendations: stick mill of the ground for your performance and your processor, because I mean you can really eat up performance in your budget a lot with just processor. But yeah, I'm mean, a lot of the days like you get a bit be- better kick out of the graphics card. Exactly. Which, I mean that one you gotta really be really picky with. You gotta plan it, budget it just right, and that also helps you determine what kind of power supply you're gonna need to feed it.
1: oh uh, the power supplies. Yes. Also not a place to skimp.
2: Though. Yes always get quality products mm-hmm. when it comes to your power supply because this right. is the lifeblood that is feeding your system if it's right. feeding dirty powder mm-hmm. dirty power right or or it, dirty power i mean either yeah. one of
1: those scenarios
0: is yeah. not it, good it can produce some dirty powder right yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> i've had a few power si- supplies explode on me it was never fun
1: oh man
2: But yeah, so for graphics cards, I mean, you also have two competitors right now. So you have AMD and you have NVIDIA. Nvidia, Right. So green team or red team, which is kind of funny because AMD was green team for the longest time until they bought out ATI. ATI. (laughs) But yeah, so um, with video cards, I mean, yeah, it's the same as processors. Like you have the whole spectrum, you have low, middle, high, high you have very diminishing returns on prices versus performance like yes you can buy that thousand dollar graphics card but are you really going to feel like you're getting that thousand dollars worth of money out of it i think not
0: how many hours in a day are you gaming i mean that's the real question and are you getting paid to do it right you know because if you're sitting there and you're gaming for eight hours a day and you're going to competitions okay maybe that might be something sufficient if it's going to pay for itself. But I think even then, a mid-tier card is probably going to do well. Um, My main thing is, and just to take kind of a piece off what Brian said, is that with your processor, if you go with a processor that's going to be comparable enough for your gaming, you can take that extra money and put that towards getting a a much more um, powerful graphics graphics card. Because like if... Uh, if you look at the price of like an I5, i five and then you look at the price of an i seven was it's about a hundred dollars plus difference. Yeah. so if you if you had a budget of, let's just say two hundred dollars for your graphics card and you're you know wanting to put three or four or five hundred bucks into your your processor, you could actually go with like an i five, save a couple hundred dollars there, and add mm-hmm. that to your already uh, budget for your video card and buy a much more powerful video card that's going to give you much better performance if you're doing the gaming because like ben said at the end of the day the performance when it comes to gaming is going to be off of your actual frames per second which is going to be directly in relation to your video card then it really is going to be on your processor
2: yeah there are just not a lot of games out there that are very compute intensive no. i mean i know in the day of crisis everybody's like <laughs> Can i play crisis Everybody's worried about the performance of the CPU. Right? Well, that was the, the CPU, big thing right?
0: whenever people were selling their machines. Like, oh, and I played Crisis on this machine, and it did, <laughs> and it held up so well, and it was just.
2: Yep, the benchmarking yeah. standards were so high back then.
0: Let's talk right? to a gaming pro about this, Brian. Oh no, you played WoW. You and oh, your right. wife, and you guys actually had a crew. So. Mm-hmm. How like intense is it for why? Because when you're like raiding and playing boss, it's like a big deal. I've I've had a lot of friends that played it. They don't like to be bothered when new expansions come out. <laughs> you know, they even that's probably funny. call their cell phone right. provider and have their phones cut off. Right, that's um, a good idea. <laughs> when you when whenever you guys were the hype of your gaming, what was the big important part? Would you say for playing a game like World of Warcraft was it the compute or was it the actual video?
1: Hmm. That's a pretty intense game. Um, that is, there's a lot going on in there. Um, but uh, I would, I guess, really, I just, I didn't even have that great of a video card when we were playing. Honestly, it was just kind of a, a mediocre one, um, and it seemed to be okay. That's another. A lot of the, some of the games now will let you, um, you know, kind of turn off stuff that you don't use, so that way the gameplay still yeah. feels smooth, and so you can kind of work in. Uh, and play with anyone that you want, even though you don't maybe your graphics don't look quite as as nice um I know recently uh a game that we've played recently is uh I like sea of thieves yeah. and uh, I know there's you can go in there and change stuff, which is sometimes helpful because apparently it may make you seasick. <laughs>
2: yeah so we hear uh, there's this Name right. that pops in my head, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Somehow he says he's always sick every time we talk about the game.
1: I don't want to get sued, so I'm not going to confirm. That. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. You think if you just turn it all the way down, he'd be fine, because yeah. then it doesn't yeah. look real at all. But the water does look really impressive at high. It is impressive. It it's impressive. It's pretty
0: neat. It's one of the best I've seen as far as in-game graphics goes. It, it they did a really good job with making it realistic.
2: Yeah, but uh, I mean, Brian did bring mm-hmm. up a good, good point. I mean. With your build, I mean, you can always plan about how you're going to spec out your game performance mm-hmm. out of it. So, do you want to go max settings, ultra settings for every game? Because, I mean, most game vendors, I mean, they want to make it scalable so everybody can get, get right. a chance to play the game. So, even Crisis had low settings to play it at. So, nobody ever bragged about it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I can play this at the lowest settings, man. 720p. It's right. awesome. But yeah, so like World of Warcraft, that is a very scalable game. It mm-hmm. isn't too demanding, but I mean, you can even play it on a notebook with just basic graphics. I mean, it, right? I wouldn't recommend it, but it's doable. You can it do does it.
1: work. Uh, that's what my wife plays on just a regular laptop. She seems to like it, but I don't think she's really into the graphics. Mm, yeah. It should be fine if they were just little stick figures running around, as long as they had bars that showed progress.
2: <laughs> The level up bar. Right. <laughs> All right. So we covered the chips. We covered the graphics. The uh, next thing is storage. Ooh. All right. So Look,
1: you don't need any storage for games.
0: No. Well, Bill Everything Gates says cloud, we never right? need more than so many megabytes, but we've gotten <laughs> into the terabytes of space. Right. But now you've got a lot of flavors now. You've mm-hmm. got a ton of flavors. You've got spinning this. You've got SSDs. you got NVMe. There's so many different flavors now, but the great thing about it is that the prices are continuing to drop like across the board. Uh, I just saw the other day, there was like a two terabyte drive on Amazon for like $59. Now it's a spinning one, but you know, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's thing good for storage. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good for storage. And then of course you can just build your uh, OS on a much smaller, you know, more expensive drive. Um, that's going to give you much better performance for when you're booting up. So why don't we kind of go into that a little bit?
2: All right, so my recommendations for this, if you're strictly looking at gaming, I'd probably start out with an NVMe drive. Or if you don't have that option, go with a good solid SSD. But I'd start out 512 gigabytes and go up to like a terabyte, two terabytes at the most. I mean, that's really extreme for just having an OS drive on there. But then you probably want to have like, I don't know, if you're really... Trying to eke out performance, I'd probably have a secondary drive or a third drive with just another one terabyte SSD. Because mm-hmm. most of the games I've seen these days, I mean, they still take up a huge chunk of space on the hard drive. Like most of my see are like can be around mm-hmm. fifty to seventy-five gigs of space on the hard drive, and I mean that gets eaten up pretty quick when you have up a lot of games, mm-hmm. especially after those Steam sales, yeah. right?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Steam or uh, if you have a humble bundle. Uh, uh, yes. Being, humble bundle. Eat up some space there as well. That's
2: for sure. Yeah. But yeah, easiest recommendation is to have one primary boot drive, whatever flavor that will be SSD and VME, and just keep all your boot stuff on that, your OS. And I prefer to keep all your like home folders stuff off of the primary drive. That way, if the OS, anything gets hosed, you always have that backup solution. And, mm-hmm. The other benefit to it is most of the motherboards nowadays support RAID on them. So you could actually have a redundant drive array on the backup. So you could have two SSDs just on the back side of things, and you can have them RAIDed where they're cloned images of each other. So if one of those go bad, you still have a good copy. And you can just hot swap, put another one in there, and then you still have redundancy. So I guess that's another thing that we can talk about in motherboard choices. Yeah. Sure, But can. now
1: you can
0: raid through the through the bio sometimes to where now a lot of times you don't need a raid controller like you used to.
1: So well, a software like, raid, yeah. Yeah,
2: so yeah.
0: sometimes, you know, that's some that's a budget saver right there um, if you're trying to get the most out of your performance.
1: Sure. I, I will tell you, <clears throat> I didn't always have the best experience with a software raid, yeah. but uh, sometimes it may stop working altogether. And yes, it's a little I cringeworthy
2: <laughs> implementing it, but... but. If you're in a pinch for money, I mean, that's your best way of doing it.
0: Yeah. But RAID controllers, they're not very expensive either. That's probably going to be one of your lower, probably probably your lower priced items anyway outside of RAM.
2: Well, I wouldn't really do a RAID controller for a gaming setup. So yeah. RAID, that will probably be in our home theater or our server-based builds Where that we'll talk about later. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So what else? RAM. Okay. We can talk about RAM now.
0: So with Ram, there's so many brands, so many brands. A bazillion there's, brands out there. There's like tons of brands. There's Corsair. There's uh, KeySkill, A-Data, uh, Kingston, Aida, yeah. Aida, Kingston yeah. so, Micron. Like for a person that's looking at Ram, you know, a lot of people are going to look at, well, if I can get a gig of Ram for this price and it's Kingston, but then this one's over here, like, what do I pick? You know, do I go at the cheapest one? Do they all do the same? You know, what is the difference of these brands? I think that's probably going to be one of the main questions for people. Cause I know that was mine when I first started.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the big point behind this is will it work with your system. So you do have to spec it out. So if you're going with AMD, you got to make sure that the motherboard and the processor that you pick are going to support that memory for that speed and that timing. So If you're going down that camp, you got to kind of marry the pair together. So you got to make sure your processor, your motherboard, and your RAM are all going to work in that little holy trinity of processing power. Mm -hmm. So with this, I mean, you can look at your specs for your processor. Usually they'll tell you what memory speeds are supported. Now they'll even have like overclocking specs for that, which that is really dependent upon the motherboard to support that threshold of speed and Mm -hmm. overclocking. So um, if you are looking for overclocking on your boards go with a higher quality board always
1: right there are big differences yes the cheap board will give if you if you get that $35 experience. motherboard
2: you are not going to be able to overclock very much
0: right you those bare bone system motherboards and then right.
2: trying to
1: build
0: on
2: top of that <laughs> the uh, the little George you never tried to do that right never never
1: those little those little little chips little capacitors <laughs> and transistors on the boards they look different for a reason on the expensive ones. Yeah. <laughs> and they hold up differently. Yeah. They hold up reason. differently. Yeah. I've had a few break. I know they look, they can look, appear the same, but they are They're significantly not. different. We and found they...
0: that out on our, on the case review last week that we did. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 Remember how cheap that was? Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. still kind of
2: frustrated. <laughs> by. Well, you spent $40 for it. You, you, you did get your money's worth. 30 Oh, Oh, wow. Oh. 30 See? So you can't really knock yourself for it. You got what you paid for. Yeah, that's true. All right, so memory, marry it to the design that you're going for. So make sure the motherboard supports it. Make sure the CPU supports it. And then, all right, we'll go ahead and segue into motherboard picking. So you have different sizes of motherboards. You have full, you have extended ATX, you have micro ATX, and then you have the ITX, and even a smaller version of a. Mini ITX format, I believe, but uh, this one it's really personal choice. Whatever flavor you want to do with it, if you feel like you're going to be throwing a lot of add-in cards, like a special Turtle Turtle Beach or Crave Sound, Crave Labs Sound ma- Sound Blaster card in there, or adding other add-in cards, then you probably want to go with like a full ATX mm-hmm. or even extended ATX if you're going to go crazy with it. Yeah, sure, and you brought up
1: sound cards. I can't remember the last time that I bought I a sound card, the same dude. Thing. I, was just about to I ask, remember. When did you? Yeah, you guys, you
2: guys are not true audiophiles.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, hey. I remember when that used to be like a big thing, and I, I remember like researching them and doing them, but then it it seemed like it just kind of stopped.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did stop. I uh, do have to say that the Realtek onboard sound cards, I mean, they really picked good. up their game and like a lot of the motherboards are actually integrating with the actual old school like sound card creator. So like you'll see some motherboards out there with an actual creative sound card built into the chip on the motherboard. So it'd be nice. They have like all (laughs) kinds of amps and special capacitors built into it. So that's something that you'll see when you're shopping around for a motherboard is, the bling factor to it what other capacities and special Mm -hmm. features that includes with it so most of your gaming motherboards you're going to see out there will have some form of raid on it whether it's software or hardware it really depends on the vendor but you will always be able to go at least raid 0 raid 1 or raid 10 on it yeah
0: that brings me to a really good a a question Mm mm-hmm what would you use a video a sound card for these days? Like, why would that be something that you just have to get? because sure, I can't think of a reason right now why I would need one.
2: Well, for the audio files out there, you want to have like the better amps. So onboard sound cards have never had really good amps or power capacitance for feeding speakers or providing good clear audio. so, Mm-hmm. Your signal to noise ratio wasn't as good, but having a dedicated card in there, you had ex- extra, extra features. So like on our setup, we actually have a soundboard, but with some sound mm-hmm. cards, you could actually do all that off of the oh, sound card, add rough. in speakers, microphones, and other inputs. Mm-hmm. And like the benefit that I got from my sound card is I had a optical out. So I was able to hook it up to my home mm-hmm. theater system, run a HDMI over to my TV. Then I had the big screen TV, playing what was i playing the witcher awesome series <laughs> huh.
0: yeah i just don't see anything that i would personally use it for because mm-hmm. but i guess if you had like a like a media center or in this case like mm-hmm. a plex server and you're streaming that off of your right. your uh tv then that could be and especially if you got a pretty mm-hmm. nice system like a uh, like a surround sound system that would be sure. beneficial for it, but
1: yeah, I feel like probably more people, if they're gaming, they're probably chatting, so they're using a headset. So maybe that's also something that contributed to it. They're just spending more money maybe in their headphones.
0: You get better quality for right. hearing or whatever. But then, I mean, you know, if you get you – then it's really about the headset that you purchase. I mean, they've got different ones out there. We probably won't get mm-hmm. into that too much. But, you know, you got Turtle Beach. You've got uh, – Logitech. Yeah, Logitech. Logitech makes mm, really their, good ones, and surprisingly.
1: Razor. And sometimes when you buy your headphones, they come with a USB sound card. Yep. Basically. Yep. yep.
0: yep. Sometimes there's bundles so. that come with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are really good deals. One of the things that I'd probably recommend for people, especially if you're looking for a system, um, something that Ben taught me years ago was be on the lookout for shell soccer deals. Maybe you're not in the in the um, maybe you're not in the market to build a machine now, but you remember that power supply that I bought yeah. for my Lee and Lee? That power supply was like uber, uber ridiculous. But it was such a good deal on it for a Shell Shocker deal. I think I had that power supply for like a year mm-hmm. before I mm-hmm. used it. So right. really be on the lookout for like Shell Shocker deals or whenever like Amazon's having their Cyber Monday deals or just close out. You know even if you're not in the market for something right now maybe it's good to start buying those little ancillary parts because you can usually get them i think like i got that power supply for like i think it was like 30 dollars, but within like a couple of weeks or something it went back up to oh,
2: it was, like 85, it was like 80 man.
0: bucks yeah so you know i would you know whenever you're building it you can build on a budget it's just that you probably want to buy stuff you know over a period of time because when you go to buy it all at once that's usually when not everything is on sale. It's yep. usually like one thing's on sale, but the other five aren't. So you're going to end up spending all this money. And then by the time that you finish building the machine, you're like, Oh, that motherboard that I just bought just like went down by 50 bucks and it's got a $20 mm-hmm. rebate. Oh, that memory that I bought, it's now like $10 cheaper, you know, per, per, uh, per module. So, you know, be on the lookout for deals and just get stuff and just kind of store them up. Don't that, you know, I think things such as your drives, your memory, different things like that, those are probably pretty good to get. I don't know if I'll buy a processor unless you're gonna be building around that pretty soon, but those mm-hmm. kind of parts, they don't really get you know, get. They're universally fast. transferable. Yeah. You yeah. can
2: use them with anything.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true. And then of course, um, just like what we talked about with making sure that your motherboard, your memory, and your CPU all mesh together for the for what it can clock make sure that the case that you're getting is going to fit the motherboard that you're getting, because you can't just go and buy a, you know, an ITX, you know, motherboard Mm -hmm. with an ATX case. You know, you want to make sure that your case that you're going to be getting supports that motherboard, supports the size, because the last thing you want to do is get everything (laughs) and then (laughs) you are trying to jimmy it all up to work and you got all this, uh, you know, barbed wire inside of there because you're trying to get it to work and zip ties. Solve all Mm -hmm. the problems in the world. Yeah.
1: Buying like a Dremel's not really making it cheaper to modify. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, I. We mentioned uh, various components. One thing I was sitting here thinking about though, I I don't know if you guys have. Do you guys have UPSs for your computers at home or no? I do. I do. do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I for me, I, I used to not you know, use them and just plug directly in the wall. Uh, mainly when I was um, growing up. Uh, That's but, how I did it too. Yeah, but uh, I. Over time, I, I feel like there's value in having them, especially. Oh. Yeah, it seems like oh, the yeah. computer, the power supplies last longer, and um, mm-hmm. but um, and also your computer won't necessarily die. Right. But one thing to think about is number of plugs. Like how many things? Like you probably need to plan for like your internet connection to go in there if you mm-hmm. don't want to lose the connection while doing that. And yeah, and that can get kind of expensive though. So. I've lost
0: power before and didn't even know it when I right. was like gaming mm-hmm. and stuff until my. <laughs> Uh, to my backup started after a while. Yeah. No, I think it's very important because it's going to give you like what Brian said, it's going to give you longevity for your power supply. Because if your system is just stopping on a dime because you lose power, especially if it does it multiple times, because you guys know how it is when you're in the middle of a game and you're like, Oh, I just lost power. It Flickers, your machine goes out, you're trying to boot it back up and then you get back up. Everything's good. Then all of a sudden it does it again. Cause you know how storms are here. You can lose power three or four Mm -hmm. times in a night. And if you're constantly yeah. rebooting your machine back up and this is happening every couple of weeks or something, depending on where you are, it can really take a toll on your power supply and, you know, cause further damage to your right. system. So I think the investment of an extra hundred dollars or whatever it costs for the type of power or uh, backup mm-hmm. um, backup battery that you get, uh, I think is worth the investment just because it's going to help your the longevity of your system because the... One one other thing about it too is that if you get the right surge, if you get if you get too much uh, to it, it can actually damage other internal parts on your machine. As or not well. enough.
2: Yeah. Or we not get a, enough. Yeah. Here we have a lot Under of problems. Voltage. Of yeah. Over voltage.
1: Yeah. Under is just as dangerous as the over voltage, and you know a lot of people don't notice it happening throughout the day, but it actually happens all day long. You just may not notice it, mm-hmm. um, but. It's something to definitely, but there are different kinds and they can get expensive depending on what you want to do. Very expensive.
0: Definitely look for shell shocker deals on those. (laughs) And Uh, those are totally universal. Yeah. (laughs) So let's talk about websites real quick that you can probably find for computer parts.
2: All right. I'll start off with my favorite, Mm -hmm. Newegg.com.
0: One of my favorites was uh, Tiger Direct, but I've since switched to to Newegg.
1: Right. Yeah. Newegg, uh, that's definitely where I started out. Uh, I remember when they uh kind of were just starting out um i have bought some stuff from uh amazon <gasps> i know i know but there's a lot out there taking over <laughs> i would definitely say though I'd, i still definitely look at new egg and see what's there
0: new egg i go there by right. default i mean <laughs> i'll go and look at tiger direct for for random stuff um mostly just for price comparison because sometimes you can find some really good deals on Amazon and Tiger Direct, but by mm-hmm. default, I'd say most enthusiasts, they're probably going with New Egg. Yep. Mm-hmm. I trust the reviews better on those sites as well. I just, because <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. just Amazon's fake reviews. Yeah. All be- the way well, the you know, you can go and buy reviews now. Yeah. If you're an Amazon seller or an eBay seller, they sell reviews now. So you can go to sites like Fiverr and some of those and mm-hmm. pay so much money, and people will literally create a dozen accounts and they will go and give you like 10 good reviews. And you know that's how it builds mm-hmm. more people to buy your products. So, hmm. yeah, just a little, just a little. Uh, but yeah, trade when you're <laughs> trying to find your
2: components, always shop around. It never hurts to price compare, find out the best deal out there. But I mean, I'm all about brand loyalty and stuff. So I got my vendors. I love ordering stuff from. I'm a big Cooler Master fan. I'm also He's a in AMD camp. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I, mean, I was going to in there I have an Intel processor before, so it doesn't it has. affect yeah. me too bad. But, um,
0: Closing remarks.
2: Closing we haven't remarks. We haven't really closed this out yet. But, <laughs> all right, so <laughs> we actually have to pick sizes of your case. Yes. And your motherboard. So that's another thing. So mm-hmm. do you want this to be a portable LAN box? Do you want it to be a full-blown heavy-duty gaming tower do you want something small and compact that you can tuck away or take with you Mm -hmm. so decisions decisions
0: and that was something that uh you know i was uh looking at recently for the build that i'm working on now um i wanted to be able to fit into my desk my desk has a slot for a pc tower and like my current tower right now it's really really big i mean it's a it's a huge gaming case so Um, It doesn't fit in there all the way. It probably sticks out about four to four and a half inches. Mm -hmm. So I'm not able to close that door all the way, which kind of defeats the purpose of having that section. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you measure the dimensions of your, of the inside of your machine. If you've got uh, a slot that's inside of your, your desk, you want to measure that. And then if you want to use that, you know, definitely start looking for the specs on your particular box so that you can make sure that it's going to, to fit in where you're trying to actually use it. But you know, if you're looking to just have a huge gaming case and you really don't have a specific spot, maybe you're going to just sit on the floor on like a, a stand or something, or you're going to put it on top of your computer, then at that point it's just really, what kind of case do you want?
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I mean it, like George says, what size fits your build and your guide. So, um, Usually for gamers, I mean, you might even get by with just like a mini well, ITX build. I yeah. mean, that basically gives you processor RAM and gives you one slot to throw in a video card. You do have to make sure that your video card isn't going to like be a double-sided or double-wide. That's going to take it's up too take much room or have a really huge heat sink. But then mm-hmm. you also got to make sure the length is going to fit in that case. So ITX is probably the smallest build you can get. So if you're going to go with that, you're probably going to want to stick with a mid-range graphics card because if you go with like super high end, it might be like a 13 and a half inch card and you're going to have to pull out the Dremel like Brian right. suggested. Right, yeah.
1: The Dremel always keeps coming up. Yeah, I would say yeah, as far as the, distance, I guess the video card probably the craziest thing to look at really when trying to determine what case to get because, I mean, I guess maybe not sometimes the, the board but that always seems to be the one that you can easily get this caught out different. on. That's that the one thing that you were like, oh, I didn't think about it.
2: Yeah. yeah. But also with case picking, uh, you gotta design the Mm -hmm. airflow for what you need. So um, that's something a lot of people skip or miss because, like, you gotta have good fan placement. You gotta make sure you have good positive airflow from the front going to the back
1: because that keeps dust out of the case. Yeah, the airflow is there. The pressure is there for a reason, uh, as well. But also uh, another thing too about that video card link is it is always in the way of the hard drive that you want to take out every time always every
0: time (laughs) i've changed cases multiple times and i always
1: always i know ben and i were talking a little bit about this before the show but uh,
2: so here's how to tell if they (laughs) really care about you as a case builder do they put the hard drive slots lengthways with the case or horizontal to the case if they're horizontal that means that that vendor loves you and they care about your build (laughs) because you can easily slide that hard drive out when it fails and replace it it. versus, oh, what's in the way? Great, I got to unplug my graphics card. I got to reroute all Mm -hmm. these cables just to pull this one bad drive out. And
0: a drive replacement shouldn't take more than five minutes to do. And if you're sitting Mm -hmm. there taking 15 or 20 and you got blood coming out of your knuckles because you keep scratching up against... Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. (laughs) But it could get very frustrating sometimes so yeah definitely i think that's a, that's actually a good point that he says pay attention to where your slots are going that's why they have all those that's one thing i love about new egg they give you so many different pictures and yes, so many you different. Can see views. the internals mm-hmm. yes you go can in and pay attention to that right. you know one of the things i like is the black plane that allows you to do some cable management in the back mm-hmm. so you don't have these cables just sticking around everywhere because right. you've seen some, i've seen some pretty ugly builds they were very expensive, but you—it's just chaos. Inside yeah, yeah. The you
1: definitely want room to run your cables behind the board and yes. around and back to your components, it and looks not so have cleaner. anything in the way of the board.
0: And cables over time, you know, with all that fan and all that pressure pooling, sometimes those cables—if you've got them all out. You know, you might get one stuck in your processor fan or something, and it could stop the fan from from spinning, and then you're going to end up overheating your processor. You could fry something. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot that can happen when you don't have cable management. A lot of people think, oh, that's not that important. There's so many different parts in your system that can be affected by cables just barely sticking out that can Mm -hmm. literally stop Mm -hmm. the the fan from spinning or... You know it, it, there's just a lot of things that can happen so just make sure that you're using your cable management paying attention to how your case can be uh, can, can be the best put together and how it can be to remove and replace parts because depending on how long you keep your system you're gonna be replacing parts in it whether you're upgrading mm-hmm. or you just have to fix something
2: yeah my replacement life cycle is usually about three to five years so I'm coming up on five years with the case I have right now so Yes, I've definitely had the itch to go look at components and say, I gotta build, I gotta build, sure. I gotta build.
1: Yeah, that, three to five years. The case I bought now, July of 2014.
2: Oh. Well, cases do last forever. They, do. they do. One do. issue with it is you don't keep parity with the peripherals that come out with it, so we're gonna have like USB 4.0 on the horizon coming out. We have USB-C mm-hmm. ports now. They have New ports for to, like, lightning port. They have mm, lightning front lightning, panel ports right. now.
1: It'd be nice. uh I haven't ever looked, but do they have a case that could basically have those modules pop in and out so they could grow, you know, you with know, you? The that would be a good suggestion, but I don't think
2: any of the case builders actually want to do that right, because, because then that would stop yeah, you from right. buying a new case. Yeah. That's like a $5 component when they could get a whole, a whole $130 case out of you. Yeah. Right. But uh, if your case does have A three and a half slot you do have that option Where you could actually buy a front panel I.O. module and then just put it into Mm -hmm. That port you can even convert A five and a quarter slot down to the Three and a half slot if you want to do that But I mean that Is a funny trend that I'm seeing is like A lot of people are abandoning those front slots So I a lot of the cases that I'm seeing don't have five and a quarter slots They don't have an optical drive slot anymore Mm -hmm. They don't have the three and a half So most of the case, so I mean, I see them there just doing a flat piece of, what, PCB, not PCB, plastic, plastic. or yeah. acrylic, glass right. sometimes, if you're really cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I mean, the CD-ROM, CD-Writer, Blu-ray, uh, I guess there's going to be a point when no one needs them at all, but... It's going all legacy. Um, it's hard to, it's hard for me to get away from having the ability to take, buy physical media and, and use it. Um, I. I'm not. I mean, I do and I don't like the whole digital shenanigans as it can randomly disappear from you. Not to mention,
0: <laughs> a lot of times now, you've just got a lot of stuff that takes up a ton of space digitally. Right. So it's just like when you look at Xboxes now. You used to think, oh, a 500 gig drive on my Xbox? That's <laughs> great. Well, that's like, you know, now it's about, what, 10 games maybe? Right.
1: And I with only all got, the got Xbox like
2: updates, six games on Yeah. Ryan, and, and then, then it's you're like, like full. You gotta,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah, those games could be 60 gig.
0: Yeah. 100 so gig. when you're yeah. looking at it, like the concept sounds great. Oh, you don't have to have disc anymore. That sounds great. But if you can only do 10 games and most of us have 10 plus games that we play or even right. buy over a period of time, you know, it gets to one of those things. If you buy a 16 gig phone, eventually you got to find okay (laughs) what is the app i don't use at all or at least the least and get rid of it so i can install this game Mm -hmm. or install this other app and maybe play it that's kind of the situation that you're going to get in so i'm with brian on that i don't think i would ever get away especially if there's an opportunity to have a cd-rom or to purchase Mm cd uh i wouldn't i wouldn't get away from it altogether i know there's some people that don't have cd-roms and hey that's fine but we're not anti-cd-rom uh, people right right I, now we'll i'll probably be a buy friend. a new one i'd probably just take one out of my old machine or whatever <laughs> all right and just continue yeah to but use i know that is one component that is transferable between yeah. systems yeah your dvd drive buy a
2: good quality one i mean you can use it for your future builds yeah. same mm-hmm. with power supply mm-hmm. um ram is negotiable if it can move forward with yeah. the case if it stays within the same series if it's a DDR4 chip and your new right. systems to be DDR4 it's usually going to be now, usable.
1: Yeah. I imagine at some point you'll be able to buy a board that has gone away from uh, some of these like SATA controllers and stuff at some point. just yeah, in favor it of does a seem PCI. Uh, PCI
2: Express is going right. to be the new standard for everything yeah. cuz I mean with NVMe, I mean that's caught fire. Like mm. they're now reporting that like probably about half of the newer systems out there are coming with NVMe NVMe drives are so in
0: fast. I mean, right. you could boot up your machine in like seconds. Well,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I believe the SATA whole thing it, it was just it, I think it required more effort to really make it able to support more bandwidth and PCI was already there. Yeah. yeah. So right. it was already yeah.
2: All right, so our last piece to talk about, Uh-oh. the power supply.
1: Um, dun, dun, dun. We said the best for last. Yes, I think. Cuz this skip. one do
2: not scamp. Do not Never not scamp, scamp yep. on your power supply. Now, you always I, get quality.
1: That's true. And I also think the modular power supplies are really nice. The yeah. way you can easily manage only plugging what you need. Mm-hmm. And um, it helps, I think, keep the case looking nicer. Yeah, uh, Not having those extra wad of cable. You're like trying to figure out where to hide it in the case somewhere. And but,
0: if you don't know what you're building sometimes, just trying to figure out, okay, What am I missing? What do I need to plug in? Why is this not fitting? And, you know, plugging in stuff you don't need. And I agree. I really think those modular power supplies are are good for two reasons. And one for, like you said, only Mm -hmm. plugging in what you need. But I think they're also good for for Mm -hmm. individuals Mm -hmm. who aren't very well versed in building a machine. You're only plugging in stuff that does fit. And as long as everything boots up that you need to use, you know, okay, well, I don't need this other stuff. So
1: Mm -hmm. that helps.
2: So with your power supply, you got to f- pick your power envelopes. That's going to be really dependent upon the graphics card. That's going to be the, like, the most power-hungry component in your case. And so, the one thing that you're always like,
1: oh, this one doesn't have enough. Yep. Yeah. The six little
2: pen. Yep. So, <laughs> if you guys are going to go really crazy or you want to future-proof it, go bigger with your power supply. So, I would say starting off, Mark, would be a 650 watt. 750 is a good sweet spot for power supplies these days because... Like, you could do dual graphics mm-hmm. cards if you want to go crazy with it. But, I mean, you start off with mid-range and say you want to upgrade. Say you want to go with the next higher end. Say you want to try that high-end $1,000 graphics card. You should be able to do that with that power supply and still not have to break your budget. like, well, I could do that, but I got to buy a new power supply to support it. So, yep. But uh, my preferred vendor is Seasonic. And so they make really good solid Power supplies out there, and they actually make a lot of OEM power supplies for other vendors. So, Ooh. I know CoreMaster, Master, EVGA, a lot mm-hmm. of other brands use Seasonic to make the mm-hmm. power supply for them, and then they're just rebranded on the backside.
1: Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah, totally, totally. Think spending good time researching that save you a lot of time. I don't know why my mic seems to keep moving around on me.
2: Mm. <laughs> keep eating it
1: right
0: but yeah i think uh you know as we i think we've touched on pretty much pretty everything, much everything. From, the, from the building thing i think just some last piece of advice i would give to people um is stay away from the bare bones kits those can look very tempting at times um but i would definitely stay away from that uh i'd also stay away from cases if they do come with a power supply I'd still upgrade that power supply.
2: Yes. Never, never use the power supply that came with the case. They're going to give you the
0: smallest, <laughs> you know, minimalist, most affordable power supply. That will burn up and over
2: voltage or under voltage, everything and mm-hmm. burn up your components. Yeah.
0: So definitely, even if it does, don't say, Oh, score this, this, this case right here has that. So that means that I can take that however much you're going to be putting towards a power supply out and put that towards somewhere else. No, no, keep that budget there still go out and find a power supply um because most of the time the ones that come with the case they're just not going to be as as sturdy right you know, as, as, as as something purchased yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah But yeah uh the cool thing with buying your own components versus you know buying a retail box computer is like a lot of the components you get are going to have better warranties so like your ram that's pretty mm-hmm. much a given. It has to be a lifetime. Never buy RAM that does not have lifetime warranty on it. Most power supplies these days, like I know EVGA, that's the one I got, it has a 10 year warranty on it. And that's something that we didn't talk about in the power supply picking, is that they have the power standard. So you have the gold, the silver and bronze power level. So if you are building, I would always say go with a gold standard power supply. So that basically talks to the efficiency of the power supply. So that's going to give you good quality power, and it's going to be very efficient. So that's also a big difference between getting the power supply that came with the case, because mm. that one, definitely not gold standard, not even silver, not even bronze. It <laughs> may be about 45% efficient, and that's before it catches fire and burns down your house. But
1: Sure.
0: That's why I don't keep my PCs running whenever I'm traveling. <laughs>
2: But yeah, so power supply picking, make sure it has the features. Make sure it has the power protection, under-voltage, over-voltage, short-circuit protection. Make sure it has the thermal protection on it. And make sure it has at least some type of power performance equivalency. Of at least 80% is like the minimum bar that I'd want for a power supply. Just bare minimum, I want it to be 80% efficient. So that means at like mi- medium load, you're going to be 80% efficient. You're not going to be generating a lot of ton of waste heat from using it Mm
0: -hmm. agree so i believe there's another part that we forgot to talk about what would the godfather of hardware like to chime in on this very important part
2: yes this is a very important part that i almost forgot okay so with all that talk about waste heat that we're talking about You got to find a way to get rid of heat from your CPU and from your GPU so we can talk about heat sinks, fans, coolers, water coolers, and see what is the best option and bang for your buck.
0: Yes, yes. So, Hmm. you know, I remember when water cooling first came out, it was like this miraculous thing. Um, I'm not a big fan of it.
2: I haven't been sold on it yet. I mean, I'm still all about my open air coolers just using a fan blowing across there it's reliable not a lot of cost involved with it and you know when the fan's going out so it'll make a noise and like okay I'll just order one throw another one on there and be good to go for another five years Mm -hmm. but with water coolers I mean it's kind of like the silent killer like you I mean literally they are silent and you really don't know if they're doing what they're doing it's the high blood
0: pressure of a custom PC right
2: yes so um
0: Brian did water cooling.
1: I did. Um, Give us the deets. Yeah, uh, I haven't really noticed any difference, and I think it's, it's cheaper quiet. to go the other way. It it is quiet, but you quiet. can spend, you can buy a good heat and fan, and it will be quiet. Mine is pretty quiet. Yeah, yep. they make quiet fans.
2: So the big decision factor for your heatsink is going to be the size of fan. Now, for a gaming processor, I would always start out with a 120 millimeter fan or go bigger if you have room for it. But that also plays into the size of your case. Do you have that room for that big heat sink? Or if you're in a mini ITX or ITX build, do you have space for that in there? Because I know with like the smaller the platform, you get into the part of where you're going to be bumping into your RAM or the heat sinks of your RAM. And you're not going to be able to get your... Heat sink onto your processor, and you'll have collision of components. So, um, determining it, I mean, most of the builds I, well, all of the builds I've done have just been a big, like copper core block with heat sinks and a good 120 or two 120 millimeter fans, putting a lot of airflow through it. Yeah, I remember buying it this giant
1: Zalman one time. Zalman,
2: Zalman, yeah, big,
1: yeah, really big old thing.
2: It's pretty neat. Solid chunk of copper.
1: (laughs) So also
0: just a little bit of word of advice out there. Um, I got into a argument with someone years Uh ago about this. Don't think just because your PC case has a bunch of fans that you can get away without having a heat sink. I actually had (laughs) someone that I was talking to that built a machine. This was years ago and they didn't put a heat sink in because what? they had a ton of what? fans and huh? they said oh you don't need one but then the person started having problems where his machine would reboot you guys want to guess why it was rebooting right well, it got a little it, was it got too cold it got yeah too many fans <laughs> the exact opposite <laughs> it was rebooting because if you if your uh, heat excuse me if your processor gets too hot in order to protect itself it will shut the machine down yeah And um, whenever it does that, you can be in the middle of something. You can be typing a novel or the next, you know, Game of Thrones type book. And you could literally lose all your work uh, if you are, if if your machine goes down. So I know some people, very few, might think, oh, well, there's plenty of, you know, air going through here. I think it'll be fine. Do not overlook the importance of having a heat sink. That's
1: a good point. Yeah.
2: You do need that direct airflow going directly across across that mm-hmm. processor if it isn't doing that it gets very you're not cooling hot.
0: it it gets very hot mm-hmm. very fast
2: um
1: i assume that also would mean that we should discuss whether or not you guys want to use those little heat pads or thermal paste Ooh. Ooh.
0: i've always used the good old
1: trusty thermal yep, paste i do thermal paste. Right. yeah i've always used that's the. all that i've used i've always removed that if i bought a heat sink that had one of those little heat pads on it always removed it, it. Off. Yep. and then uh use the thermal paste my understanding is the paste is uh, significantly better with conducting that heat away from the CPU, so yeah, that's why I've always gone that route, and there's, I've always been told there's a difference in the paste, but um, I think Arctic Silver has been the one that I've mostly bought, but I don't know that's what everyone else does. Ask. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. They all seem to look the same.
2: Compound but. is compound. Right. They get like one <laughs> degree of difference between them, but... I think it's hard to substantiate which one's truly superior or not. There's so many different varieties out there, Mm -hmm. but they might all come from the same factory.
1: Yeah, you never know. You just don't.
2: But yeah, so with the fans, I mean, a lot of the processors will have a heat sink and fan combo Mm -hmm. included with it. Now that is designed for general use computing. So if you're going to be gaming, this is not general use computing. Like they basically design it for the processor to run nominally at its average usage and pace mm-hmm. for up to eight hours a day. And then you shut it off. If you're gaming, I mean, you're going to be hitting higher clock speeds on that processor. You're going to be generating a lot more heat. And so that wimpy included OEM fan and heatsink are not going to be able to keep up with it. So you will drop a little frames. You won't have that as high performance and you won't be able to get the best benefit out of it so always with a cpu you want to keep it the coldest possible and you get a lot more longevity life out of it so if you're running at higher temps then you're probably going to be shortening the lifespan of your processor
0: mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. yep so it's very important to understand the important components in your machine i mean all your components are are important in their own individual way so it's good to not really focus so much on price whenever you're actually looking for parts for your machine, but quality. actually focusing on the quality and what each of those parts are going to contribute to what it is that you're going to be doing to your machine. Because, you know, if you're doing a media center, it's going to be different. If you're doing a, a gaming machine, it's going to be different. If you're just trying to search the web, it's going to be different. So everything has a, has its, its place. You just need to make sure that you evaluate each individual part in make sure that you get the best thing that's going to give you the best performance for what you're going to use it for. Yeah,
2: and like with (laughs) all my builds, I mean, I built for quality, and I've seen it where I can actually recycle a system and convert it to something else. So I could take my old gaming PC and switch it down to like a media center PC. Once I'm done with it, I'm ready to upgrade. So with quality of parts that you have in it, I mean, you can pretty much rebox and remake that system several different times and tailor it to whatever you need.
1: Yeah, Uh, sounds great to me. really does. Um, Well, does that mean we actually got everything for sure this time? I think we have
2: covered everything. Man. So we got power supply. We got motherboard. We got case. We got drives. We got memory. We got our heat sink. We got our fans. We talked a little bit about water cooling, not too much. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. We did mention optical drives. So if you need that, plan for it. Right. Throw it in there. Just if about you any don't one have space awards. for it, you <laughs> can always get an external case for it. Throw right. it in there and use a USB three connection and enjoy it that way. hmm
1: I guess uh we didn't get on any like accessories like uh, headphones or speakers, but that's really just personal preferences probably. Yeah. Way. I think you go anywhere out on that. It could. So, and uh, keyboards and mouse. That's totally up to
2: you. Yeah.
1: All right. Well.
2: Well, this is our third inaugural episode, I guess, of the Lost Packet. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments or mm-hmm. want to see us talk about anything else further on how to build, right. what parts or components we'd want to go with or stick with, I mean, please add mm-hmm. to the comments below and we will respond when we can.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. Well, sounds good, guys. All right. So.
0: Until next time, guys, we will see you guys in the next episode. But thanks for watching or listening to episode (laughs) three of the Lost Packet Podcast. Have a good day.
1: Peace. See you.